0: Thanks for joining us today. This conversation that you're about to hear has some sensitive content, so it may not be appropriate for our little ears. We're having a guest join us today, a mutual friend of ours, Jason. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, good morning, Amy. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> and um it's not just the two of us just the two of us it's there's actually a, a third this morning we i needed all, backup yeah we got a little threesome um we're talking to our friend uh jason a mutual friend jason welcome jason
1: uh, hey, hey girls
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to match our energy
1: T- trying did i do it
0: yeah well done totally. okay. good job Totally, you win some serious points. <laughs> so J- Jason, where in the country are you right now?
1: I am living in the middle of nowhere in Kansas, which is the middle of nowhere. Oh, fantastic. Um, specifically, New Strawn, Kansas, which is, has a population of about 300.
2: Is it anywhere near Smallville?
1: It could be Smallville, I guess, technically. I mean, it is rural Kansas. So there, there's okay. farms and silos all around. Cornfields? Cornfields.
0: Strange yes. meteors in the, streaming through the sky?
1: <laughs> Not for about 20 years. So okay.
0: All that, right. That works. <laughs> That's <It's>, cool. <laughs> so Superman <laughs> is a young man there.
1: <laughs> and we had a football player just the other week um, <laughs> run a touchdown and broke somebody's arm because he uh, tried to stop him, break the tackle. It was weird. Ran yeah. really fast. He didn't know his
2: own strength.
1: No, it just, it happened, really.
2: I saw that episode. Yeah, it was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um,
0: so I know you for, let's see, how many years would it be, if I can count correctly? 26 years, I think we met. Twenty-six Freshman year of high school.
1: Right, we started in 93.
0: You can't even count. (laughs) It? No, 90. Wasn't it 93, 94? Uh, I really
1: thought it was 95. No, no. That's what I really meant. Right. <laughs> We're going to edit that part out, right? So,
0: <laughs> It's all just good color. It's all just good color for the conversation. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, when I knew you, I saw you a lot on the football field because I was in the band. And you went to a lot of the games on Friday nights. And I would beg you for a dollar so that I could buy a slice of pizza (laughs) and you fed me. You have no idea how much you fed me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was the crust that you, I thought it was just for attention. I didn't know you like, you actually needed the food.
0: No, I needed the food. I actually needed the food.
1: And for all the listeners to be clear, I went to the football games because I was a fan. I did not play the sports.
0: (laughs) You were the number one fan of the Eagles. (laughs) do. But um, when I knew you back then, um, and then later on you met Amy um, in college. But when I knew you back then, you were always going to—you uh, were involved in a Christian organization.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was a part of Young Life, which is not as popular as FCA back then. But um, and they always made it clear that they weren't a parachurch organization, but it was more just like a outreach. So it would be a separate kind of youth group setting at somebody's house would go and sing a bunch, some songs to get started and do like an icebreaker game. Um, they'd have a lesson, do some more games and skits to kind of pull the message together. Some more closing songs and you kind of hang out and have uh, wholesome snacks like cookies and crackers <laughs> and teas and stuff and then go home.
2: So what is... um. You used an acronym earlier, FC...
1: Oh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes.
2: Okay, got oh. it.
1: Yeah.
2: I just remember you were... My first impression of you was like, oh, this guy's a jokester.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this
2: guy's a jokester. Because you were you were hilarious, uh, but you were like playfully obnoxious. And I remember the both of us were always just in sort of like who could be more obnoxious battles. <laughs>
1: That's right, Or Mr. and Mrs. One-Up.
2: Yeah, we were always trying to one each other up, yeah. yeah I remember that. Um, and then that was back during the time when everyone would talk on Instant Messenger. Do you remember those yeah. days? Yes. Like no
1: um, one had does AOL. that anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. we would talk online. Um, and I always remember, you know, you'd click on a person's profile or it was like they're, they're about me and you mm-hmm. can read some stuff about them, like whatever they wanted to put up there.
1: Yeah, it was your whole social media profile right there.
2: <laughs> right. And uh, like this is pre-MySpace. This was during the era of Friendster, right? So, uh, So we really used those profile spaces to kind of, put our favorite music or whatever we liked or quotes. Everyone always had quotes, song lyrics. So I probably had, I would change my lyrics every week or every couple of days based on my mood. And I remember I click on yours and there was always something of a religious nature. And I remember thinking, thinking I didn't know this, this, part of your life. I didn't know a lot of that. And then, so we would talk about it and no, we would get into interesting conversations about beliefs and it was always respectful, but it was very much like you would share what you believed. And then I would share what I believed. And like, we were always friends and we believed completely different things. But I remember that was like my first... That was my first real, I guess my first real exposure to what that looks like um, for for a person kind of in that world, because I would, I really only knew it based on what you would tell me. And I always remember thinking like, God, we're, we both believe in such deeply different things. And that that piece sometimes became hard to reconcile because it, it became kind of like a, it was almost like a wall. There were certain things you just couldn't get past because, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah,
1: because yeah. I remember slightly differently. Like, I remember we had a fight one time, like, because um, when you were Ooh, telling me you weren't, you weren't a Christian. Right. And I was so naive. I was just like, well, why wouldn't you believe in Jesus? You know? And, it's, yeah. and you're like, how dare you? Like, you know, there's other religions. <laughs> it's just a belief. You don't, it doesn't mean that it's true or real or factual. And I was like, but I'm right. Like,
2: yeah, like, it how was, naive
1: I was, it was just like, just, just do the Jesus thing, go to heaven and we can hang <laughs> out forever. Like I don't get it.
2: So it was interesting because I remember feeling like, like, I really liked you. I thought you were super fun and you were a jokester and we always laughed when we were together, but there was just this, there was this really extreme divide. And I was very much like, I was raised under a completely different set of beliefs, but I had friends who were Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Mm
0: um,
2: you know, I had friends who were atheists. I had friends of all different walks of life and it was never, it was never really a sticking point. Like I kind of learned a lot about a lot of different cultures. And by definition, you go to school. Those are the things you learn. No one was really learning about Sikhism. So. There's still not. No, there's still not really. And the idea that someone who never had to learn anything about me and my belief system could be telling me that I'm wrong or that I'm going to hell was very, it was, it was offensive, deeply offensive. And so I liked, I liked using the opportunity to challenge you and say, well, what do you know about any of these other fates? What do you, like, have you studied them? Have you learned them? And that's where we would always battle.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I went through a lot of different denominations, Christian denominations, but it never, like, it was weird. So like, once you have this box set up that, you know, Jesus is the way right. I'll, I'll look for different flavors of Jesus, but I never thought like, Oh, well, let's try, you know, see what Buddhism has to offer. Let's That's let's such a great way. That's was- such a
2: great way of explaining it. Like looking for different flavors of of jesus Jesus. yeah that's that's a beautiful way of explaining
1: it but looking back now and how i was then i remember thinking when you don't have a lot of personal development like if you always identify yourself based off of who you're with or who you're around or, or other parts of your life i'm saying i was not developed whatsoever i was always you know going out trying to be very histrionic and talk to other people I needed religion or I needed some form of control in my life to put boundaries on things to say, mm-hmm. all right, well, I know that this is absolutely true. So then I can go do whatever I want, bounce it off of this, which for my control was religion. And like, okay, I'm either okay or not okay or right or wrong and not have to worry about um, yeah. actually figuring out if I'm doing the right thing. So, so did
0: you feel, Jason, that when Amy had these conversations with you, and introduce this other kind of faith. Cause I know you and I never really talked about religion in high school. For me, I was this strange breed of sorts in that I grew up Muslim, going to a mosque. And then uh, eventually my, my father never went. My mother took us because my father told us to go. And then eventually at some point my mother took us to a Christian science church. She didn't take all of us, she just took a few of us. And then I did that for a few years, and then I didn't go to any church. And then in high school, I started going to um, a different sort of type of Christian church, but it wasn't sort of more of the mainstream Christianity. But I never really considered myself Christian in the same way that you did. And I just knew that it was really important to you, and it really mattered. And I never could wrap my head around the concept of, of this kind of mentality this black and white dichotomy that you're saying gave you some comfort for me it really didn't um so i i never got into those conversations with you about religion in high school i knew it was important to you and it meant a lot to you um so later on when you talked with amy did you did you feel like she challenged you to grow and evolve your views
1: um yeah i kind of so amy was the only person i remember talking to that wasn't was either was not christian or not atheist or agnostic like it she actually held other religious beliefs and um to me that was just stuff that was in a textbook when going to church you know they indoctrinate you and tell you how to do outreach to people and you know continue to colonial colonialize the world and make everybody christian but they never really talk about well what do you do when you bump into somebody who has um religious beliefs for somebody else and so um, Amy kind of uh, didn't fit the mold of the people I was used to talking to, especially with how angry she got with uh, <laughs> understanding her religion was wrong. Like, this is oh, not right.
0: Yeah, the like, bro- the mold was broken when Amy was
1: born. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I know Jesus. This is the way, you know. And uh, um, so it was uh, yeah, it was very it was very unexpected because I did like Amy and I had a lot in common and we. Goofed off and Sultana, you and I did too. But like you said, some, for some reason, we never got into religion, which is probably a good thing. Because <laughs> yeah, looking that, back, not- that's
0: why we were able to be friends.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Amy was one of my first exposures to be like, well, maybe there is other ways. Like, you know, like this isn't an absolute truth that I've grown to believe.
0: So you were kind of uh, protected so to speak, in your youth, you you had a really small window on the world, would you say, or a narrow window?
1: Yes. And um, it was interesting because I didn't actually grow up in a Christian household, probably more of a stereotypical American Christian household where we didn't go to church. We never talked about religion, but it was Mm -hmm. just kind of assumed like, this is is what you do kind of thing. And then um, in, I think it was either in eighth grade or must have been middle school um my friend had me start going to a, a church with him which was not a good church and so he took me there and it was just uh yeah so it was in a good place like and uh it didn't seem like the youth pastor really cared but it was something i guess uh to get people out of the house maybe if there's any a worse environment but it certainly wasn't church like what you read about or or see in movies or anything yeah so I went, that was my first exposure to actually going to church um and that was a southern baptist oddly mm-hmm. and then i heard about this non-denominational church you anyway, know it was a non-denominational church like the ones that were really popular had bands uh had a band up front and they
2: right
1: and everybody when you know, when the tempo was really great they'd raise their hand because then they can feel the spirit yeah. moving through them um and then i uh but up until then like my my narrow view was very sheltered especially looking back like uh adults didn't, never cussed and then when I went to that other church this girl we went to a camp and uh she sent her friend over to tell her she liked me and see if I liked her and I asked my friend like well what should I tell her and
0: now we know um, why you got into religion so you could pick up girls
1: <laughs> yeah, it made it so easy and uh um but, but I, I remember- bet
2: I bet to some degree it probably did because you have yeah. you have a really unifying thing. That's something I didn't grow up with because right. there wasn't a large community of sick Punjabi people in Orlando. There was in New York. I had that in New York, but when I moved here, that was gone. So if I was around a lot of people who have the same belief I did, I don't know that it would have really helped me grow as much as I, as much as I had to.
1: Well, it helped keep me from growing. Cause then yeah. you just like, you didn't have to worry about figuring out who you were, or who, who you wanted to hang around. It was just, Oh, we went to the same church. So we're supposed right. to be a community. Um, I was just going to say that this girl, the next day, she ended up like uh like touching me. Like it was really weird. It's almost, I, probably like sexual harassment like she was like sure and like reached over and like touched my pants and um um put her arm around me and stuff and it was I was really uncomfortable but I wasn't going to say no but it was sure um it was my first question like people aren't supposed to do this like it was especially Christians right yeah and uh so that was really my first opening into like maybe everything doesn't fit in this box and it bothered me for that bothered me for a while and we ended up breaking up after a week yeah uh, so it was my longest relationship <laughs> at the point at the time <laughs> but yeah as like adults always were supposed to behave a certain way like right. back to the the window um everybody was either um chris saved or not saved it wasn't like this there there weren't other options and that's how i kind of led my life was with even though i was really goofy and always acting out like i had Everything had a set of rules, right? And so was, um so you didn't have to worry about developing or figuring things out for yourself because you just right. look at, look at the rules that you know, and then that's, that's how it was. So it's very difficult going into adulthood with this veil over your eyes, really trying to um, make your way by yourself when you don't know anything.
0: Yeah. So your world started to change and shift a little bit after that when you joined the military, right?
1: Yeah. So that was my first introduction to hearing adults cuss. Wow.
0: Literally swearing sailors.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, It was crazy. Yeah. So I went to that that Christian, that non-denominational church and got way into religion. I was going to church five or six days a week, either church, youth group, Bible study. So I was super indoctrinated, like ready to convert the world. And then I, um, didn't like college. So I joined the military and joining the military was the first time I heard adults cussing in person, not just on movies. Sure. And, and that rocked my world like bad. I was like, adults, adults aren't supposed to cuss like adults are good people, you know? And like, again, I still had that kind of loose belief that everybody followed Jesus. Right. So none of it was really making sense. And I was not prepared for the world. Really, even though like I was like I wasn't kept in the content or anything, but looking like I kinda was. Like this was my my set of rules were being broken all over the place and uh I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. So the that part of the military ended up being pretty hard trying to figure out well what is right then. You know, like if this is
2: I remember when you were I remember that time 'cause we were we were talking a lot and you I always felt like you seemed very lonely. There was, like, maybe because you weren't around your people and that aspect might have been really jarring for you. And you always had this sort of sweet innocence about you when we were kind of growing up. I always remember that about you. Like, you were funny and you always, you know, sometimes took it too far, which is... (laughs) Which was always hilarious to watch. <laughs> uh, sometimes awkward to watch, but um, you know, and he, I, I, I could see how not being around your community of people and not having the example of what you felt to be true in front of you would could feel isolating. Could feel even like you know, a little, a little scary.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: So Jason, um, you, being in the military, you you got a chance to travel too, right? So you kind of not only expanded your view in terms of other different types of people, but you also got to go different places, right?
1: I ended up getting out early um, before we got on to deployment, but I lived in Hawaii. So by this point, I was I had got my girlfriend, pregnant. And so again, so not very Christian. Right. Um, And then we, uh, so we got married and we had only been dating for God, like two or three months. Oh, wow. But, um, I was raised like, this is what you do, right. You get a girl pregnant, you take care of her. You don't worry about your, how it's going to mess with your life or even consider, abortion or adoption, like you need to do right by the child and do right by her. So, um, still living in this box for very, um, deep seated, like this is stuff that you do. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. So that was rough. Um, just like making this one, uh, having sex and then getting a girl pregnant, which is life changing, especially for her. Um, which I didn't consider at the time. And we, uh, yeah, so we got married. Well, let's see. Son, she's pregnant in April, got married in June. Her family is Church of Christ mm-hmm. denomination, which is similar, which spun off of um, Methodists and Mennonites along that line. And so they don't believe in having music in church because music takes away from the words, and the words are what gl- is glorifying God and not. Um, uh not the music and what's also interesting is that they believe in baptism by submersion like um and then you have to be baptized to go to heaven so very like right in my alley I'm like oh very set it's just set of rules like this you have to do this this and this
0: mm-hmm. if you
1: check all these boxes you're good so that was the third time i was baptized so i was going to christ yeah because you like, know, wow. what? what's one more right so you uh, start going through it and so there's kind of fundamentalist, but, oh, they also didn't drink, but, mm-hmm. sh- but I w- was okay with drinking. So I didn't follow that part of the rules. So <laughs> by this point in my life, <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it does feel like you can sort of select which ones you want to take it, and which ones you don't, right. the dogma,
1: <laughs> which is I'm making light of it, but it's very similar to how a lot of Americans look at a lot of things like, well, I'll just, sure. I'll just cherry pick this stuff. Like this is the way yeah. except for that part. We'll, uh, well, ignore that part because I, I don't like that yeah yeah so that was very life-changing my religion, and so my religious views changed a little bit from that i have to baptize my son catholic right so it has to be as a baby yeah
2: um
1: and then had to be circumcised and looking mm-hmm. back i really regret both of those things because it yeah. took away his his choice It's doing the right. same thing that we do with a lot of people and we force our beliefs on other people without regard to how they feel about it yeah so that was hard um looking back because i haven't thought about that since then and i felt actually it's really bad feel bad about it
2: we don't know what we don't know though do you know what i mean right and uh, i I have
1: a problem with beating myself up over stuff (laughs) We that, do the best
0: um, we can. We do the best yeah. we can with what we have and the information that we have at the time. And the reality is that, you know, the way that you grew up and the beliefs that you had, and probably in some ways, even being drawn to the person that you were drawn to because of her own belief system, it felt familiar and comfortable. And none of us gets through this life without making mistakes. Yeah. And we don't know that, the, that there are mistakes at the time, but other yeah. good things can come
1: from those things. What's funny is that what attracted me to Michelle was uh, the fact that she kept telling me, no, when I asked her out. And so I don't like failure.
0: (laughs) That's true.
1: (laughs) um, That's probably my, one of my biggest strengths and one of my greatest weaknesses is that I don't know failure or I don't believe in failure for myself. And so I'll keep trying at something and beat my head against that wall. Yeah. So she said, no, I don't know, probably 15 or 16 times before I got her to say yes. (laughs) And this is just for a date. Yeah. So that's what I liked better is that she didn't like me, I
0: guess. (laughs) So that relationship, you didn't really consider compatibility or like, is this the right person for me for the rest of my life or anything like that? So you were still in this sort of black and white world of your beliefs. You followed through on it. You did all the things that you know to be true. And then how did that, did, how did that work out for you I guess
1: not well yeah so most of my decisions in life I don't consider consequences I just like well what can get me the most attention and what can help somebody else and I got it from my mom whereas that if you are self-sacrificing that is your greatest um contribution to your family is yeah yeah if you're able to give up something you want to help somebody else then then you're doing right which is yeah. a horrible way to live
2: that's hard yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it really is, and it doesn't teach you to value yourself or your own wants.
2: No, that's something that I can certainly relate to because there's a lot of that in my culture. Uh, I saw a lot of that growing up. I saw a lot of sacrifice and I saw a lot of pride and sacrifice. Yes. So yeah. that really was confusing growing up when you have to decide who – who am I living this life for?
1: Right. Um, right. I remember you talking about that in the last podcast. And when you were talking about like that about Amy to the rescue, <laughs> um, that brings the damsel in distress is yeah. what I like. Oh, this, this lady needs help. Like, oh, well, let me, let me give up half my life to see what I can do to fix that.
0: That's why you gave me money for pizza at the football right. games. Now I get yeah. it. It all the circle. The circle.
1: You were one of the original damsels.
0: I was. I was. I was. So you eventually moved. I mean, Orlando, some people don't consider it a big city, but it is a metropolitan era. Lots of people. But you left the big city, even though you, you moved to Hawaii, which also has a lot of people, but then you moved to a more like rural area.
1: Orlando, I got into Episcopalian, which is um, really regimented services, which I enjoyed also because then you know, I didn't have to worry about, oh, are they going to have a skit this time? Are we going to – you know, what's going to happen is just like two songs. You kneel, you pray, stand up, sing a song, kneel. Like, so you always know everything that's going on.
2: You really like structure.
1: I, I did. And because when you don't consider consequences to your life sure. or when you need a framework for how you're living, um, yeah. that's one less thing to worry about. Like, you don't have to worry about variability. You nailed it.
2: I think that is – the big draw of religion in general
1: and it, right and it's, it has to do with uh, how much you're able to hold on to yourself it has had to do with, also with what you two were talking about last week when you have to when you're not developed inside and you're always worried about you know living off a validation from other people or reflected self, you need that structure to help keep you stable because if you don't have any core self i think it's what you you all were calling it you need something else instead of that. And so that's yeah. religion for me was what that was. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went to Hawaii and then went to Colorado for a little bit for just a couple of weeks. Cause that's where my wife was from. And then got a job in Alabama, which is, you know, good old this is God's country now. So we're in uh, a small city. is in. here. I was going to real Southern Baptist church. Like the one where the preacher would raise his voice as he's, You know cast down fire and brimstone on all the Mm non-believers and uh yeah it was very again stereotypical from what you see in movies like it's like that's how these churches were like but again it was the wholesome set of rules like we're all going to heaven because we're here in church giving our 10 percent of our wages to to jesus and everybody else is going to hell and that's how it is and we've got to fix that while living in alabama Again, so when you live for other people, like when you're not living for yourself, it's makes it hard. Wasn't happy being married. Uh, mm-hmm. I only knew her for a few m- months. So while we were living there, she kind of convinced me that my parents didn't really want to invest in me. They, I didn't have a good relationship with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which was that true. must have
2: been tough, having part of the difficulty sometimes in relationships happen when you realize there's another person seeing your life as you live it every day and they mirror back to you what they're seeing so like they're seeing the lack of something that you need or they're seeing an excess of something that you have like behavior wise
1: that's hard you know I never that's funny I never ever thought of it like that but you're right like so being in a relationship has having somebody sees your most vulnerable part. that so you can't, can't hide very effectively if you're trying. Uh, that's really deep. That's a, uh,
2: it happens. It doesn't yeah. happen all the time, but it happens. <laughs> oh, we can be superficial, but we can dive deep too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So it was a lot of strife there. Um, and then, so while she may have been accurate, she wasn't doing it trying to, help me grow it was just a, she was using it against me to get what she wanted um so we moved to kansas because in kansas that's the closest nuclear plant to colorado which is where she was from mm-hmm. which we got divorced once moving here and still through all this i believed in in god and that this is all part of god's plan
2: i remember that time that was a yeah. really tough time in your life
1: yeah it was a real tough time and then so i did what most and I hated the thought of being like most guys like that and I wouldn't ever look at that or touch that like I'd be like nope not like most guys I care you know dance souls in distress I take care of people I I love God but I do things most guys do so I rebound and I latch on to people who are not healthy for me they're people that fill the void that I want to fill
2: yeah when you're in pain though like that's a here's the thing, like that's a normal thing to do when you're in pain and you don't know how to manage your pain and you don't know how to witness your pain. You just want it to go away. And the easiest way for it to go away is to distract yourself with something. Either distract yourself with someone who has a lot of rules, who has a lot of needs, so you can completely devote yourself to them. Or you do the same thing with your faith. You right. attract yourself to a faith or a religion or whatever that has a lot of rules, has a lot of need, and you throw yourself into that. It's, it's very normal. Well, then you don't yeah. have to worry
0: about answering the big questions anymore. You don't have right. to wonder you know, about these other periods of silence and stillness that can open up the vast unknown because the unknown is unmanageable that's it's sort of like just taking your view from one thing and taking it to another
1: and it prevents you from growing it's like so if you're able if you're in some in a lot of pain and you're don't take the time to look at it and say so you're already in pain from the situation and then you're if you start reflecting you're like i'm the one i'm causing this pain like it's my choices or how i am causing this which is makes it even more painful but then you could stop it from happening in the future and you can deflect it onto, well, this is part of God's plan, or this is just the way things have have to be, then you don't have to worry about fixing it because you can't, it's it's on somebody else. It's on- It's not your your responsibility. Yeah. not not your responsibility, it's out of your control. It's impossible to fix. So you don't have to worry about growing and changing, which again, looking back is what I use with religion. I didn't have to worry about fixing anything because you can't. Uh, Yeah, so then when I got divorced, It's funny because I even went more religious, so I went um, Mormon at the time.
2: I remember that, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, the uh, LDS, and so I, like everything, I went in um, headfirst. They had two levels of priesthood. I ended up getting my Mel, they call the Melchizedek priesthood. So I was ordained in the the LDS Church, but then finally I got so structured it. It finally struck me that that, uh, there's more out there than just Jesus. And uh, what they started telling, what I learned was that they believe that only people who are in the Melchizedek priesthood can receive um, revelations from God. And anybody else would be receiving it from the devil, which really bothered me. Because at this point, Amy, you and I have talked a lot about otherworldly experiences. Um, we talked about your grandma. Yeah. And we talked about my grandma
2: yeah
1: and uh like so and then when i was a kid uh oh yeah so my grandma Um, when you
0: talk about your grandma you're talking uh, about her feeling her spirit around you
1: yeah so there's a the day she died it was really she gave me this book called uh where where big things were it was similar to like uh where the sidewalk ends like shell silverstein short Mm -hmm. stories so real kids book and i was in high school and uh Oh, speaking of structure. So I only read one book at a time and I had to read the whole thing first before I could start another book.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Um, But I read a lot. So it was quick. But this one morning for breakfast, I pulled out her book that she had given me. Read it with breakfast, put it up, didn't read it ever again. Or like for a few days. And then we find out later that she, it was my great grandmother, and found out that she had died sometime that day. She didn't show up for a bridge game and her friends went to go check on her. She was in a assisted living facility and it turned out she had passed away.
2: Yeah.
1: And so looking back, it was like, maybe it was her spirit, right? Like how else yeah. would, cause I had no idea. My parents obviously didn't tell me before going to school, Hey, by the way, your, your gram died. It was weird you know, yeah. like, cause that doesn't fit into any kind of Christian thing either. Cause when you die, you go to heaven or hell, you get judged. Like you don't get to chill out and go uh, check on some people.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that was great.
0: Yeah. So was this Maurice Sendak's Where the Big Things Are, the book? Is that the um, book you're
1: yes. talking about? Yeah. That's, wow. That's, I thought you Googled it. So you just know off the top of your head. I
0: love that book as a kid. Yeah. That's a great, um, that's a great memory.
1: Probably
0: never thought of yourself as somebody that would go through a divorce. And I'm sure that puts you on the other side of something. It puts you on the other side of some kind of structure or rules
1: or system. Yeah. Um, Never thought that. Like it was just, I just suffer until I'm dead or she's dead. And um, but it's all for the greater good. So again, okay. very
2: Indian. Very. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a lot of similarity here. There's a whole country <laughs> where it, people believe that that is what happens. You get married, you suffer until you die. And then, <laughs>
1: for for the record, I did do a uh, DNA analysis. I'm not Indian. I'm very. Good
0: we can see that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I've been thinking about this a lot this week. And so it's kind of dragging up some old stuff that I haven't really thought about since I've grown. And it it's hard looking back. I can kind of beat myself up a little bit, but hard looking back seeing how all the bad choices I made, but also all the bad choices along with the good choices got me to where I am i don't
2: see that at all i i think so sultana and i were talking we were having one of our brainstorming sessions about like (laughs) what do we want to do for our podcast next the next couple of sessions and you popped into my mind because i think about how evolution looks for for different people right Um, what my evolution was when I was in high school to where I am now or, you know, Sultanas or any of the other people I know. And to me, you have what I consider the most profound evolution from Mm. like your heart hasn't changed. Your heart is still the same. You still have this big, open spirit, which is what draws people to you, but you you give yourself permission to think. You give yourself permission to like open the windows of your mind now and let a little, little more in. And that's amazing in itself. But what's even more profound is every time you learn something new, you share it. You share it with everyone and you've become an advocate for all of these incredible things. And let me tell you, that's not something that I think you would have been able to do without your background in all of these different faiths that you have explored. It's taught you how to understand complex things, take it in and then give it out. That is, that is what happens in religion. You You go in, you learn, you take it in, you let it change you, and then you share it outward. Religion is not bad. What you do with it matters. And I feel like your religion now, through my eyes, looking at you and witnessing your life, really is that of knowledge. You want to learn as much as you can. You want to learn about things you didn't have access to. You want to hear people's stories and you share them, that's that's no small thing. And I don't think you would have accomplished that had you not gone through every single thing that you've gone through.
1: That's uh, Thank you for saying that. That's pretty, it's really kind words for you to say. I remember one of the things that you told me that hit me the biggest when I was finally breaking out of uh, religion of LDS <clears throat> um, um, you told me that when I was uh, kind of like free fallen and you said that religion always tethered me and that I needed to find something or start looking into myself or meditating or something because without that tether I'm just kind of all over the place and um, I don't think I did a very good job with it but it always really struck me like how much you cared even no matter what I was going through or how bad of a friend I was being to you, <laughs> that you always cared. And I really appreciated you for that. And so, so, so thank you for hosting. <laughs>
0: of course. Amy that's- is a good friend. Amy is yeah. a really good friend.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, I think, but like, that's the journey of friendship, right? You know, we, all three of us have decades of friendship you know and like we all go through it we all have something we all have something that we have to reckon with that we Mm -hmm. have to battle and we can't get mad at the battle we have to look at it like okay this is happening so i can level up and (laughs) you know like i gotta level up and then when you do level up what do you do you look back at the people Who need help leveling up too, and you help them, and I think it's a domino. We all we all get hit by some other domino, and then we help push along the next one, right? And that's if we're in that's if we're in the flow, we're in the process. You really are. So it's easy. It's all easy stuff to say.
0: Yeah. And in so many ways, your journey is a journey of empathy, Jason. I think, um, something that is at the heart of so many of these pieces in your life, whether you were, uh, you know, giving a dollar to a girl that had no money so she could have pizza at a football game (laughs) in high school, or you were like, Hey, I'm not going to cuss. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a very good person. Um, or, or going, Hey, I I got this girl pregnant, so I've got to marry her and and you were always trying to do the right thing and help others. And I think, but there is that balance between self-sacrifice and martyrdom and actually living your truth. And I think at, at its heart, religion or spirituality or belief is about truth. It's about living your truth. And there's many different paths to truth. When you met Amy, she was living her truth. You were living yours. For you, part of the religion that you had was that there can't be other truths. Right. But yeah,
1: that's but, good point.
0: but everybody has their own truth and that's their own path. And when you respect the path that others are on and give them a chance to grow and evolve, you make space for yourself too. And when you make space for yourself, you also make space for others. And I think that's, that's led you to where you are now, where you have become an advocate you become an advocate for workers rights you know you live in rural america where you have people that may be working like blue collar jobs and you have such an empathetic heart that you've taken up the mantle to be able to try to make a difference for others is that part of your belief system now
1: yeah it's um i would say look like thinking about this podcast that that would be almost my new religion like my new framework is uh, workers rights and what amy said is is a great representation of how i feel where you're talking about when you make it up to the next level like instead of keep cruising the next level you look back and you bring everybody else up who's behind you up to your level and so that's what being in labor unions are all about it's like getting us all up to the best that we can all be together and not stepping on each other to get to the next level instead of trying to get win people over for the kingdom of heaven win people over for better working conditions because we spend so much time at work and it doesn't have to be miserable yeah you're living your truth That's, yeah
2: well so here's another thing that i absolutely love about you you having had all of this diverse background and all of these different fates and ways of thinking, you really are a sort of social stem cell in bridging this gap between the divide of people we have. Like we are so divided right now. And I, as an observer, will watch your Facebook posts where you'll post something that Half of the people will think are, half of the people will think is like the most controversial, horrible, despicable idea. And then you'll have a few others who are liking it and saying, thank you so much for sharing this. And the commenters or the quote unquote trolls that plague a lot of your posts. You actually reason with them. You talk with them. This is a skill that I don't have, by the way. This is part of the reason why you're such a superhero to me in this way. Aww. Like I'll just read through them and I'll I'll show, I'll show them to to Andy and I'll be like, look at this. Look at how he's taking this on, and he's doing it with logic and he's doing it by saying, I understand where you're coming from. I thought that way too, and here's how I evolved. And you know, like. That's pretty amazing. You have to have a certain level of inner peace to do that.
1: Yeah. That's again, so that's really kind of you to say. I appreciate that. Especially with your love of superheroes and, and your superheroes pretty uh, well, no,
2: like I'm a super villain and that stuff. Like I can't I can't do that. Oh, <laughs> <all. Well>, you <laughs> do live in Kansas, Jason.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Not not quite to that level but i'm pretty amazing if i do say so myself (laughs) Oh, you are it's it is hard also to get not get caught up in fighting for the even if you're fighting a good cause making sure you're fighting it for the right reason um, um making sure we're doing it for the right reasons and if you're fighting for whether black lives matter or women's rights or you know my body my choice to make sure you're doing it because that is the right thing to do and that as coming from my place of privilege of being a white male in America to uh, understand that whatever the freedoms and the choices I've been able to enjoy my entire life without having to think about, yeah, yeah, and it is a privilege and people don't seem to understand that just because you might live in a trailer or you're not a millionaire, it doesn't mean you didn't have privilege. Uh, It just means that you didn't have extra barriers to keep you from getting out of that situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And some people maybe realize that even with privilege, they still haven't made it very far, which is a tough pill to swallow.
0: So what do you believe in now, Jason?
1: I believe that every everybody has the right to live um, their best life and that we shouldn't put up barriers to hurt somebody else because we don't want them to gain something on us. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I try to fight for is to make sure everybody's the same and equal and that we see each other for who we are and not what we look like that's
2: pretty beautiful